Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. All right. Here we are, my Brewing brothers and sisters. Some rockin' music. Yeah. We're rocking this segment with barley wine. <laughs> yes. I'm playing air guitar right now. Great. <laughs> On the couch. I tell you, John, it's so good to have you back with us in the, the studio here <laughs> on, the, on the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to be back. You add so much to the show. You really do. It's it's, it's really a pleasure to have you here. And and the reason that uh, I wanted you to join us again was just because you, I think you make the show so much better. I think the shows we did early on, Radio Gold. The magic. Oh, yeah. The magic. And and I think Tasty and I did a great job on the Canyon yeah, Brewing. We killed it. Yeah, we killed it. Sure. But I think we were missing a certain element. And uh, I think I think John brings that to us. I think it's, uh, I don't know, he, he, he pumps me up. He gets me going. It's great questions and great. Dude, we need you know, to pump you up. You seem I, to be a little. No. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm here to I, pump. I'm, yeah, he, he, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, being pumped up, I would say our, our great sponsor, uh, Northern Brewer. They yeah. are the pumpinest pump. Their website's up, awesome. Pumped people of all pumped them. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, the great, you know, the great part about the hobby is all the things available to you to do, you know, exactly what you want. Right, and the one place you can find pretty much everything is northernbrewer.com. You know, I, I always say you got to support your local homebrew shop. Without your local homebrew shop, there aren't additional people gaining, you know, coming into the market, coming into the homebrew hobby. Uh, you know, when you, you have an emergency need for a pitch of yeast. Yeah, Sunday know, at 4 to, o'clock. You're right, like, you can go to that homebrew shop and you can get what you need. You know, when you're missing something in the middle of a brew day, you can pause and, and you know, you, know, you can send the wife. For the husband to go and get something for you from the homebrew shop, you know you, you can't do that online. But I'll tell you this: when you when you can't find something there, one of the best places you can possibly go is northernbrewer.com. They have wonderful people. They have wonderful products. You know, fair pricing and uh, you know cheap shipping, and they'll get you your stuff uh, on time. And uh, tons you know, of info the, on their website. Tons of info. Lots of info. Yeah. And very, very supportive of the homebrew community and, and especially this show. They've been supporting us for, you know, six years. They've been writing that check for six years, so you get this show for free. So if you enjoy the show, I would suggest at the very least checking out northernbrewer.com and, uh, you know, seeing what they have that maybe you haven't been exposed to. They've got some great stuff there. So go check it out. Northernbrewer.com. A fine sponsor of the show, so uh, check them out today. All right. How have you been doing, Tasty? What's uh, happening with you? Well, I uh, kind of in between brewing projects. I uh, finished mm-hmm. my uh, 
This guy's got brewing project. Yeah. You know, you really like an, have arrived when you the log sheet and the calendar. <laughs> it's more. Of a, yeah, I stopped. I stopped brewing for competition. Then mm-hmm. I stopped brewing for can you brew it? Cause right. So pretty much, you have no reason to brew anymore. Right? Well, no, I'm brewing for you know drinking R and D. I'm doing R and D. So oh, oh, see, he's doing R and D for like commercial breweries. He's like, yeah, I, I do. do so this. I've done some pilots. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. beers have been made and companies have been started. Right. The. Uh, <laughs> I'll say he hasn't done any for us. No, but, no, no, you know, well, you know, right. he's yeah. waiting for the new brewery to open. I'm big right. in, I'm big in uh, Paris. You're big in Paris. Yeah, our friend Jan uh, oh, has, yeah. has uh, yeah. brewed is, oh. is about to brew a contract brew. There's like a Paris, California. You know? oh, this is the Paris is in the France. Oh, okay, in the France region. <laughs> he's uh, going to make a uh, my 3.9 percent uh, pale ale. Mm. There you go. And he's going to put that on the uh, on the Paris people and see if. Uh, Oh, so far as pilot batch, he says they're doing really well. Of course, in Paris, you just make a homebrew and you put it in bottles and you sell it to the stores and people drink it. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like here we got to... Yeah, those it. French. They're just so know. forward. Yes. Or is it backward? Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, he sat in front of the public and he says... Uh, in fact, he uh, sent me a uh, PM today and says that, uh, yeah, people are liking it. Even mm-hmm. non-beer drinkers are liking it. So uh, Yeah, I, you know, I always, I always find it very odd when people say... I'm not a beer drinker, but I like this. Yeah, what's that about? So does that really mean? But you are. You've been drinking the wrong beer. Probably it's it's so good that even though you don't like beer, this is just so exceptional. You you now like beer, or it's really not a very good beer, and that's why you like it. Or you're a born again beer drinker. Right. That's right. You don't know what it could be that you know you You hate beer. beer. This doesn't taste anything like beer, so it's fantastic. So yeah, well, I, I hear it a lot in lighter beers where you know it's more like approachable. It's not. Uh, uh-huh. It doesn't push back as much. I get that a lot of times in terms of you don't like it when it pushes back. Well, if it's in rhythm, yeah, sure. <laughs> not as much. <laughs> That's awesome. yeah. If it's going the other way, and then you lose it. You never mind. Uh, yes, it's more drinkable like the lighter beers, and I think of non-beer uh-huh. drinkers sometimes taken aback by the like the like an, I, an IPA or a right right or a. Uh, Strong, you know, uh, English. Well, that three point nine is pretty hoppy, though. Yeah, this beer is a uh, fifty-one IBU. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it's right. big. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, you know, our good friend Pete Schlossberg. They're making the uh, yeah. their Mavericks, and they got everything at three point seven five. Right. And he's got a beer, their their rye, which is uh, you know, he said it was fifty some odd IBU, mm-hmm. and uh, really balanced. I had it at the uh, opening gala. You may have had one of my beers, and yeah, R and D. Well. All of their beers, they're they're going to make them all session beers. Three point seven five is what they're targeting, yeah, right. which is fantastic. I I wish them the best. I think it's a tough road to hoe in the commercial beer industry. I wouldn't want to start that there. Tough, I'd like yeah. to. Yeah, I'd be a, a tenth beer I made for my portfolio, not the uh, right. Right. I tell you, we made uh, the Grammarie. Uh, it's not <laughs> anything it's like but the the eighth and uh, got a gold medal at GABF, and it's still kind of like. It's, yeah, you know, it's only four point four percent. It's like it's great. It's beer. fantastic beer. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, what do you got to do around here? I've but, had it. Uh, I've seen it when it's on tap at places, mm-hmm. and I get people to try it. Of course, they like it, and yeah. they order it again, and the keg goes empty. Yeah, and then it's they, just these the yeah. middle guy. Drinkability. Right. He's worried about you know. Right, right. They're thinking, oh, nobody wants. Nobody to, wants to yeah. buy that. That's a dead, dead. Uh, yeah, I was at a, I was at a great beer bar, and uh, I was like, I'm like, ah, you know, everything you have is. I, I was drinking whatever yeah. the lowest alcohol was, and they ran out, and he 
came over to me. I'm like, ah, he's like, oh, what do you have? And I said, well, I was drinking this and now you're out and you don't have anything on your board that is less than 7%. Right. So <laughs> like you're killing me here. Yeah. He goes, really? He goes, you want some lower alcohol? I'm like, yes. I Come out with some water. Out. Now, now, now he's, he's convinced. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I can, I can drink this and I feel really good and yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. So now he keeps on a session beer all the time. Yeah, I sure. love it. It's fantastic. Every place should have a session beer. Oh yeah. Oh no. Everybody that Keeps I know, in your seat, you know. Everybody that I know that knows beer is we're glad to pay the same price for a session beer, right? That right. they're playing for an IP. Oh my God, they yeah. can't. They, it's perfect. But that's we're only like ten percent of the drinking people. All right. Well, and speaking mm-hmm. of ten percent, today's show is about American barley wines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ten plus. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We're talking some big beers. Well, John, what what is the the ABV range of of American barley wine? What does the BJCP say about? Uh, uh, the alcohol content of of the style here eight to twelve percent eight to twelve that's wow. a huge range yeah. i've had barley wines above twelve percent and oh yeah and it's just like I've had, I've syrup had, i've had some good examples above twelve percent i think it's kind of hard to do mm-hmm. but uh yeah. i bet Oof. yeah uh, you know but i i think that's possible what's what's the rest of the the style like what do they describe it as i think it ranges quite a bit doesn't it yeah, the aroma can, you know, it's, you want a rich malt aroma. I mean, that's by default, just because there's a lot of base malt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a moderate to firm hop note. You know, you need those hops there to support this overwhelming gravity of this beer, just to prolong, to balance out the sweetness in this beer. Uh, the colors, you know, light amber to copper, can be light brown. Um, that's still, you know, some ruby highlights. And you will definitely have some uh, alcohol legs if you swirl the glass. That's just... Because there's a lot of alcohol, eight to twelve percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flavor is definitely, you know, very big malt flavor, balanced bitterness. You know, there's going to be some esters um, from the whatever yeast you use. I think you'd probably get a fair amount of esters just because of the high amount of alcohol, alcohol produced. Um, you never want a burnt malt flavor. Uh, you know, a kettle scorching flavor. That's not the style. Um, that's pretty much it. You know. Figure big bull malt, big hops, balanced, um, but no cloying sweetness, and well fermented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's there's sweetness and there's a, a a fullness and a richness. Like you're saying, lots of malt, lots of malt character to a point where it's big and huge, but not to the point where it becomes. And it's got some generally has sweetness to it with all that malt, but. Not to a point where it's syrupy, where right. it's you know hanging on your your palate. Flowing. Not where it's yeah, where it's overly full and overly uh, big. Uh, when it becomes you know too much to consume, I mean, every beer you have, I believe you should be saying to yourself, like yeah, we're doing German pilsners, and it's like a beer where I'm like I, I need a liter of that. You know that's why the Germans can drink by the liter because it's like, oh yeah, I, that's something I can drink. Barley one's not quite to that, but I mean, it should be. It should be that you want to drink by the liter, you know. That you, it, it is bigger and heavier and fuller, and it's going to fill you up much quicker and, and be satiating much quicker. But you really want to, uh, you have that desire to keep on going with that, no matter the style. No matter the style, right. I think you know. If it's if you're not getting that, then I think that you know the beer is not really. Uh, that well made because I think uh, you know great examples of every style. It's something that you're like, I gotta have more of that. I gotta have more of that. 
you know, you just, your common sense tells you otherwise, but, you know, you, you're like, wow, that is so good. <laughs> I'm so full. And, and even when you go, oh, I'm so full right now, that's a, you know, big beer, or I'm so wasted right now, that's yeah. really big beer. Boy, I'd like to have more of that. That that is just so good. I could I could keep drinking it forever. Sure. So I think what's in common there with say like a five percent pale ale and a twelve percent barley wine is is the attenuation. Is that the fact that it's what's left is is manageable. It's not filling. It's not uh, mm-hmm. it's not satis- It's not uh, making you feel full because of all its its caloric content. It's mm-hmm. kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're talking what like a seventy to eighty percent attenuation. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. For all styles, right? I mean, how far can these right. Whatever go? the yeast t- takes. Yeah. Well, you, you see, uh, or I should say, well, <laughs> you should see, uh, you know, anything from, I think, uh, you know, the lowest that you're going to find maybe, you know, in the mid-60s to maybe the lower 60s, but generally mid-60s to um, uh, upper 80s or so. Uh, until you get into the you know bacteria and things like wild yeast, Brett that can really chew down and get you 100 percent attenuation. Okay. Um, but uh, and, you know that would be more in uh, you know lambics and things like that. Um, but generally, your ale and lager range, you know, lower 70s, you know, to 80. I think yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, uh, on this style, definitely. But and you know all styles in general, uh, fermentation uh, attenuation. Now, Scott, living here in the Bay Area, have you had a chance to go to the uh, uh, Barley Wine Festival in uh, San Francisco? The okay. one at uh, Toronado. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's the one I've not I've not yet been to. It's usually the day before the Sour Festival uh-huh. um, at uh, Triple Rock, isn't it? Uh, or like two days uh, before? Yeah, it's a day before. Yeah, and all I'm right. always saving myself. Saving yourself for that special someone. Mm-hmm. I only got one right. chair. It's also I mean? it's all always around uh, uh, Valentine's Day. I've gone years and years uh, when they were doing the barley wine festival to judge the barley wine festival, and uh, it, quite an experience. Get, you know, I mean, you know, just a ton of barley wines, and I could never go. We'd be judging. We'd be there like uh, you know early in the morning for judging, and across the street. As we're walking in and out, you know, for the judging, we would see this line of people growing down the block starting like 9 a.m., people waiting in line to get in to start drinking barley wine. Oof. And uh, it was, and the, the place soldiers. was just packed, absolutely yeah. packed. And they'd have like, you know, a hundred different barley wines or whatever it was on list or, you know, they'd have a huge list. It was crazy. Yeah. They're like half gone by noon. Right. You know, like, right. like right. Jesus, these people drink all that. <laughs> they don't mess around. <laughs> no. It, it yeah. seems like a tall order. To judge a barley wine, and I'm I'm sure this has been spoken about a thousand times, but mm-hmm. I'm already starting to get a little palate fatigue after right, a, a right. few sips of a, a couple. You know the way they did uh, uh, the barley wine judging; it was it was brilliant um, and uh, really well done. They would get uh, you know a massive number of judges in, and they would have I think it was uh, there was like an A, a B, and a C group of judges. And they'd set you up on the tables, and um, uh, you would they would they would put the beers in on multiple tables. So each table would pass two or three beers forward, and they'd have that beer in on multiple tables. So if multiple tables sent a beer forward, 
then you know that's you know great beer if that's cool you know if it wasn't being if if other tables were all dropping it and one table was sending for maybe it's not a great beer so it's like reinforced and they would take all those beers that were you know and 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 maybe you know only one table recognized that it was a great beer and the other ones ignored it but they would take those and they'd move that to the second round and they take all those ones that move forward from the first round to the second round and uh then they get judged again by multiple tables and then it moves on to a different these, set of judges right different oh. set of judges mm-hmm. moves on to the final round a different set of judges and the the that was like best of show judging right. and I've done that a few times, and it's really a discussion of the merits of this or that. And, uh, you know, the, all the beers generally in that final round, because of the multiple round judging, the multiple tables, things like that, they tended not to miss the great ones. They tended, hmm. you know, to really, you know, filter through them. It was really well done. And uh, uh, I, I thought it was just, just brilliant. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to do the judging the last few years. But, uh, you know, in that uh, that best of show round, uh, you know, you were really looking at all beers that were well made, and there were really, you know, generally, you know, there was, you know, sometimes in competitions some real crappy ones get through, but generally not there. And if something made that final round, it was actually quite nice. And you'd go through, and it would be a discussion, it would wind down to, you know, uh, this, that, or the other thing. Uh, so, how do you uh, sign up to be a final table judge? That's what. That's yeah, the that's, spot that's where you want to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. right? That's the one you want to be. Um, you know, Random draw? No, it's, it's like no, it's, it's sort of a celebrity it's judging. Like, it's yeah. like it's like what you know. Yeah, yeah. You really, you really, it, the judging was critical. I mean, you really had to know what you were doing, and uh, of course, myself. Uh, you know, of course, <laughs> yeah, you were there. but then also, you know, you had to be, um, you know, part of the crowd. I mean, they really needed to know that you could do it. And, uh, you know, there's only so many people that, you know, they knew and could really, I'm sure there were people that could have done it that were in the other rounds, but, you know, you really had to be. Yeah, they always had a good set of judges in the final yeah. round there. Yeah. I've, I've stewarded that a couple of times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. But, you know, the, the interesting thing uh, in judging the earlier rounds is there's such a diverse range of things, what people call barley wine. <laughs> And, and some of them were oh, yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, sulfur tends to come out when you know, yeast is stressed, mm-hmm. and very rubbery and burnt rubber was a very common problem. Uh, really uh, solventy, harsh uh, alcohols was another common problem. Uh, Under attenuated, sweet, syrupy yeah. beers, another common problem. So those are the misuse of oak. Misuse yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right, like like sucking on Geppetto's leg. Yeah. Uh, they were all, you know, they're just excessive, and it, the, those are the most then common. If, then, if common you were English, problems. you never had a chance. English right, probably. right. <laughs> I, I mean, there would, there would be some that once in a while, it, but yeah, it was tough in that crowd. That's yeah, tough crowd. Um, but those are the common problems with American barley wine that I find. It's you know, under attenuated, uh, hot alcohols, mm-hmm. and then you know the yeast gets stressed so much it's, it's like burnt rubber. How important is nutrients? Very important. Uh, you know, again, you don't want to stress the yeast. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive more into, you know, uh, how you brew great barley wine and what we think of these examples that we got ahead of uh, ahead of us here. We, uh, we'll, we'll tell you what we're tasting and uh, we'll have some more fun right after this. 
For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure Today, a vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com Coupon code DNRV. 
I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're talking American barley wine here. Now, Tasty, you've you've brewed a, a lot of different beers. And you've got a lot of experience on uh, a lot of ales, from big to small. Yeah. I know you're focusing on small now, but <laughs> yeah. tell me about American barley wine. When, when was the last time you brewed American barley wine? Oh, uh, let's see. I probably brewed it. I think I still have some of it, actually. Uh, I think in 2005. Mm, damn. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you tasted it? Uh, it's been at least a couple of years. Yeah. And you didn't bring any in for the show? I should have. I should. Oh, oh, come on. I got it nips. It was little seven-ounce bottles. Oh, nice. Oh, I thought you were talking it about might have been too, I might have a... You, can't you... You don't, you don't get to talk dirty with anybody during the day. You got to do it with us. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I got to be like politically well, harassing the employees. Yeah, yeah, I'm like you know harassing these girls all day. I'm done talking stuff. dirty all day. I'm done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've made, I, th- I remember making because it's always a big deal to make it, right? You got all because you're making a long investment in a beer, right? It takes it takes a lot of money of an, uh, worth of ingredients. It's going to take a long time uh, actually to make it because you got to do an extended boil. I do uh, a minimum of 120 minutes. I know some people go a lot longer. And what am I doing that for? I think that's to for uh, fermentability, right? Is that the reason I do the long boil or to, or well, to drive off the uh, right? The, you're, the precursor you're, trying to, you're you're trying to concentrate down because. It's impossible to get a high enough oh. runnings. You know your your runnings that you're going to get off. They're they're limited to I got you. you in the and eighty to ninety up. range. Yeah, ten ten eighty ten ninety. Because your equipment is typically sized that way. Yeah. Well, it's just the solubility of the sugars oh. uh, versus the, the the liquid. I mean, you can actually you know take like last runnings from something and use that in in and re- for and double batch uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, bump it up a little bit that way, but. Right. There's a certain concentration that you can get, and it kind of maxes out. So uh, either you have to add some extract, or you have to boil it longer to concentrate it down to get to barley wine strength, or one of the favorite things is adding a little bit of sugar. And you add some simple sugar, does a couple of things. It increases the strength. It ensures a certain amount of fermentability. And dryness, too. Yeah, if, if you end up with a beer that uh, or worth that won't ferment very well, and uh, it's also a big beer, then you end up with that syrupy sweet. Right. I mean, you need a lot of sugars in there. You need all that malt character that John was talking about, but uh, you need some simple sugars in there for it to be easy to ferment in order for it to, to dry out enough to not be syrupy. Like what get, what percent that, of sugar? You know, in, a, in American barley wine, um, I would limit myself personally to about 10%. I think, uh, you know, when you get into the Belgians and you're looking for a super dry finish, uh, you can go 20, 30%. So are you adding as you go? So you've got your fresh wort, no mm-hmm. sugar added. You boiled right. 16 minutes. Right. Then do you add additional sugar? I think, that's, little- a, I think that's a great way to go. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, when you're when you're brewing something big, uh, like Tasty was saying, you know, you've you're you you're you're pushing the the limits here you're you know a lot of ingredients a lot of time and uh you're not sure exactly what you get out a lot of times people will email me and say hey uh you know i made this big beer i didn't get quite as much gravity out of it well you know 
that's a good point. Point to be adding in extract and uh, you know simple sugar and things like that. Right. So, do, you, do you mash low, like a low yeah. mash temperature tasting? I mean, are you like below one fifty? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would definitely. Um, I remember. Yeah, I would definitely mash. You know, like one forty eight or maybe even a little bit lower than that to, to get to because uh, it's all about getting the you know getting the beer to finish out. And uh, I remember having some trouble. I did. I did. Uh, I, I as well didn't have enough uh, mash tun capacity to get my uh, my pre roll gravity. So I, I uh, rather than boil it down, I used some extract to get there. Problem with the extract, as I see it, is that you know it's already been you know built at at a probably a less fermentable uh, mash temperature. So you're, you're probably the better way to go is as you guys were touching on is to add add sugar if you want to you know to get to the ABV that you're looking for. I think by far a better barley wine is one that where you you know you get you go from nine to ten percent with sugar, and you make basically a nine percent barley wine, mm-hmm. or whether that be you know eleven to twelve. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be a better beer because that's to me that what I found the down- downside to most of the barley wines is they're just just too sweet to to appreciate. You're mm-hmm. just too filling. They're too rich. They're right. too uh, feel like you just had a bowl of ice cream. Well, you know, I can't have it. Well, I can eat all ice cream you want. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's like sex. Well, anyway, like Bad you know, example. yeah, uh, uh, cookies for instance. They can get mm-hmm. right. Too many, you know, you get sick. Well, what kind of cookie are we pints. talking about? Yeah. What about the alcohol content? Can can that add bitterness at all to the style? I mean, yeah, sure, alcohol can as well. Yeah, it can add sweetness. It can yeah. add bitterness. You have a four percent range here, though. I mean, right. when you're figuring out your IBUs and you're like, well, I need right. fifty or sixty. Right. You need to be aware that you know the alcohol and any roast malt things like that add uh, can add a a, a drier, bitterer you know kind of character to it and, and can be added in in balance now scott what what before we go too much further what barley wines have you acquired for us for this show today we are sampling sierra nevada's bigfoot you can find that one uh, anywhere um old guardian from stone which how how can you find that one anywhere i'm not sure you can find sierra nevada bigfoot anywhere is that right uh, am i just spoiled I no sierra moves You're that spoiled. around the country we have um, international listeners too. No, with all those no, guys anywhere, you, you America file. Well, come on, <laughs> all these beers, you know, because they're strong, they store well. So you may have a 2011 right. or 12 tra- major they, they, way. They, they probably travel well too. Yeah, right, right. Um, also, Rogue, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the old uh, crustacean, mm-hmm. and then uh, our friends at Twenty First Amendment have uh, a barley one in cans now. It's called Lower De Boom. So we got those four in front of us. Well, I'll tell you, Rogue certainly wins for the packaging i mean that's a swing top yeah. oh yeah ceramic with a ceramic and yeah that's swing top that's one heck of a bottle yeah you would never get rid of that bottle <laughs> yeah you know, that's that's one to keep well and uh you know what are what are we tasting here what are, what are we getting from these beers i get uh you know right off the bat with the uh sierra nevada bigfoot i get a huge hop character i'm getting like a you what know it's it? like Willamette a sack, or sack of hops you know yeah it's almost getting, uh, pale ale like yeah, you, you yeah. get that, uh, you know, and, and John, you had a comment during the break about what, you know, what it, what that beer was, you know, five years ago or six years ago. Yeah, it seemed just malt forward five years ago. Like it was- malt forward with a firm bittering, right. a really firm bittering. And now I get more hop bomb, hop character. <laughs> I get a lot more hop aroma, hop flavor. It's also more carbonated. Well, the whole, the whole, uh, Brewing uh, methodology has changed in the last five years, right. not just uh, Sierra Nevada. True. Yeah, I was, wa- I was wondering if 
you know, Sierra, they're constantly trying to perfect their brewing process. Well, they probably use I'm the, not sure that the recipe changed. Maybe maybe the, just the torpedo made the difference. You know, yeah, their the, the, tweaks in the process has right. really just, uh, you know, resulted in, in a great uh, hop flavor and aroma. And, uh, you know, even, you know, as this ages, you know, you, you've saved this bottle for five, ten years, and you still get a touch of, you know, Ooh, that uh, still has aroma, hop then? aroma and then flavor. Up, then they got know, a good secret going. Ten years down yeah, the road. Do. I brewed an American barley wine, and that was like five years later, I found a, a bottle. I cracked that thing open. It had huge hop aroma and flavor. Wow. I'm just like, how's that possible? Yeah. No sh- I mean, it was just massive. <laughs> I, I was like... That doesn't make sense, and I and I turned in turned in some bottles to competition. They were like, "Oh, let it age." I'm like, "It's five <laughs> years old." They're like, "You know, this is this is freshly brewed. Let it wow. age." Wow. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Proper brewing really, technique. Really strange. Well, and I think it's a combination of uh, certainly that, but also um, you know hop selection. I need to go back over that that list, and maybe it was that year's hops were a little different. You know. But it just stood out. It never lost its hop character. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> and I wish I had you know bottles to like hold on to for twenty years, but they're all they're all gone. But yeah, you would think oxidized, kind of cardboardy, you know, right? Right. Hops I was fresh yeah. and bold and hoppy. I was like, yeah, this can't be. <clears throat> well, and uh, what about the old Guardian? What are we getting from the old Guardian? It's a good barley wine. Um, it's a little sweet. Though there's mm-hmm. a cloyingness to it. Well, this one seems to have a little more age, I think. Right. Yeah. There's something that there's a there yeah, is an oxidation it's like, character it's to good it. Ox- oxidation, uh, not yeah. excessive. I think it's right. certainly drinkable. I'm not. It's, I'm, right. I'm not. We're getting that ox- oxidized caramel yeah. character. Right. I would think this was barrel aged. If I didn't know anything uh, about it, that's what that that oxidation is. So you equate that to barrel? Yep. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Absolutely, because you almost always get it if you use the sugar and water. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're pretty good. Scott. I think Scott, you're going to be a half today. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yes. you, you keep going. Maybe you be, maybe you be five eighths here before the end five of the show. It's like. not going nuts. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, certainly doesn't have the aromas. The Bigfoot, that thing uh, really stands out. Right. What do you think of this rogue here, uh, Jamil? I like it. Yeah, I, like I saw it you lot. smiling over you know, there earlier. I, I'm just. Uh, for me, it's that aged barley wine aroma. Not heavily oxidized, but aged. Not oxidized, aged. Uh, the the you know the characters have rounded off. You're getting a, a, a full bready malt yeah. with some caramel. With uh, you know, it's just rich and malty and full, but not not harsh, not. Uh, you know, in some ways, know. it's like the the hops have gotten out of the way, right? Uh, They're just of the kind bigger. of like presenting yeah. it. Yeah, but it's certainly in, it's, it's still balanced. It's not uh, absolutely not under hops in any way. Of uh, hops, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's I mean, it's it's, it's, it's right up in the there. flavor. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, you know, aroma wise. Yeah, it's pretty much. Nothing. I think it's nice, but flavor it's it's still there. And the the uh, lower to boom from the two one a. Too much crystal. You get that rubbery note to it. <clears throat> well, and and one of the things that, unfortunately, that I, I get in in a lot of barley wines, like I was saying, you know, it's kind of a sulfury uh, kind of thing. Uh, you know, when yeast stress and all that, and I'm, I'm kind of getting a, you know, a Halloween wax lip 
thing. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of a centipede. <laughs> you ever smell a centipede? Millipede? It's not, ass? Not You're about it's, today, no. I mean, it's right. ass or it's... No, like, no, no, no. You, you no, bite no. it, it open, certain, break it open? And... No, like a millipede. It has a certain kind of uh, earthy kind of... Dirty? Worm. No, no. I mean, maybe it's sulfur-related. He <laughs> was looking at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> no, no. Have you I ever smelled a millipede? I never had one in... You'd never been a child? You never run around in the woods? I mean, I was These are the, uh, burning them count? with a magnifying glass. Oh, you're with you uh, I forget that. Yeah, you know, a millipede wax... I know Halloween, what hay Halloween, like. wa- yeah. <laughs> Halloween wax lips. Yeah. Sorry, are you thinking stress fermentation? I'm think uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know, because yeah, it's coming across too sulfury with the dark malts and the, the caramels coming across a little bit rubbery for me. And the yeast would make this type of oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And I'll, and I'll and I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I have had this beer before. I have had this beer in the final round of the barley wine festival in San Francisco, and it w- ended up second place. And I was. Pulling as hard as I could to make it a first place beer. I remember that and going by two uh, one a afterwards and talking to the guys there and saying, you know, I thought you had the number one beer. It was second or third, I can't remember now, but uh, I I remember going by and saying I thought that that was the best beer of the barley wine festival, and I thought it was you know first place, and it, it I, I couldn't convince enough other people. I mean, there were other people that agreed with me, but I couldn't convince enough to make it first place. So. Uh, so uh, you know, I've, I've had yeah, I've had this beer, and you know, I think you know how fantastic it is. I think that uh, you know this one, I'm, I'm getting too much sulfur from it. I'm getting a little too rubbery from it. So that's you know pretty much attributed uh, to uh, yeast stress. So how would you fix that? Um, well, first of all, you know you got to pitch uh, healthy yeast and uh, well nutriated, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, you know, aeration. Yeah, you what? You would typically aerate uh, more than just the first day. You aerate probably the second, even right. the third, right? A beer like that. That's one of the things we're doing now. Is um, and and it, and it freaks Chris out. Is <laughs> so I'm like, all right, now tomorrow go in and add more oxygen. <laughs> and he's like, but 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 it's bubbling. It's fermenting. I'm like, ah, add the oxygen. It's not making anyways. alcohol yet, though. Right. Well, you know, generally, you know, once you see the bubbling, you know. Hard to say. You know, once the growth phase is over, right, starts in, and it's kind of a you know, it's not a cut and dried thing, but we you know if if you're making a beer that's let's say ten eighty five or higher, uh, you know the next morning you know like twelve hours later, hit it with another dose of oxygen, and you'd be surprised. I mean, we're getting no, uh, you know, off flavors. We're getting no staling. We're getting none of that. And what we do get is, you know, better attenuation, Fair less fun. less of those faster firms. We're getting less of the uh, hot alcohols and things like that. Uh, you know, the beer turn out, turns out really nice. Less yeah. lag time? Uh, well, no, it actually increases the lag. Because okay. the lag is related to growth of the yeast. And really, you want that growth. Gotcha. Uh, and you want, you know. You're encouraging well, more growth. It's, it's, well, not really more growth. You want to wait for growth to be over. I mean, you get a little bit more, but um, so it'll, it'll stretch a little bit. But really, what you're doing is the yeast are going to take that up and use that for building up, uh, you know, their cell membranes and improving the, the the health and quality of their cell membranes. 
And so they're better able to regulate the inflow and outflow of sugars and alcohols and other compounds and things like that. So you get a better ferment. Less stress. Less stress. It's able to go further, you know, attenuate properly. Uh, yeah, if they're if they're equipped with the the tools they need to maintain their the integrity of their cell, uh, less stress, better fermentation, you know, better flavors. Like you were mentioning before the break, you talked about nutrients, and uh, those nutrients. You know, I consider oxygen a nutrient for yeast. It's something you know very critical to their uh, you know their metabolic process and their ability to properly regulate. So, uh, you know, zinc and other, you know, uh, amino acids, things like that that they need, uh, also oxygen, uh, all that is really important in, in the quality of, of fermentation, yeast health, things like that. So you always got to use nutrient, I think. Every, every batch that we brew, we throw in nutrients. I mean, I think... Are you adding yeast holes for zinc? Uh, no, not yeast hulls, but, um, you know, because while there may be a little bit of zinc in there, I mean, something like Cervomyces, that'll have, that's, oh, right. that's grown in a, in a zinc rich environment. Um, but there are other nutrients. What we're using right now comes from Gussamer mm-hmm. and they have, um, they're trying to make them into these pellets, uh, that are good for like 10 barrels a piece. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling them, you know, don't don't make them into pellets. Just give me a powder, you know. And they they gave me like hundreds of dollars of this stuff for free because they couldn't get it to stay. When they shipped it, it came oh, all of them were all got, busted up. You got the powder, okay. yeah. And they're just like, ah, oh, we're sorry about that. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I'm going to weigh it anyways. Right. You know, we do it by weight, not by number of pellets. And uh, and so they're like, ah, you know. Recently, I, I placed another order, and they're like, uh, you know, we got the pelletizing down. I'm like, I, I really don't care. Just send, send me, me the a powder. sack of powder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take I'm, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's not very expensive, and it's got all the zinc, all the nutrients. You know, they, they those folks have a fair knowledge of uh, <laughs> fermentation and, and all that, and done a lot in the wine world as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm real pleased with that. And we, you know, we use that for every batch when I, when it's home brewing. Uh, I, I don't think that, uh, I made, you know, just a, a couple of batches before I started using nutrients and understanding that, you know, yeast was important. And on a big beer like this, you just can't get by on it. I, I don't think anybody should brew beer without some supplemental nutrients. You don't want to go overboard. You don't want to have oxygen, know. but yeah, oxygen, at least, you know, adequate aeration and, uh, you know, other nutrients like zinc, things like that. I don't think you should be brewing beer without that. I mean, Ken Grossman talked about that at the Nationals a few years ago. Oh, the whole yeah. thing was about the oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, that improved his whole entire process. Well, and uh, I went to, uh, I was at uh, More Beer, and I was talking to somebody, and and uh, we got to talking, and he was looking at... Uh, um, was it Servo? Oh, no, he was looking at... Uh, For Midget? Whirlflock. Whirlf- oh. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's a great product. He's like, no, because I'm not going to buy that. He goes, I'm like, it works really well. He goes, that's 25 cents per batch of beer. He's like, I'm not wasting that money. Do you know what it does? Yeah, I'm like, 25 cents per batch of beer, per five gallons. You can break and it in half. And actually, yeah, that's, that's, like that's half, good half for like you know, 12 gallons. So, uh I was just like, That's you know, awesome. how, why, you know, you shouldn't be brewing beer to save money. 
Yeah, you should be brewing hobby. beer because you know you have a passion where you love it, and at any cost, you would you would be doing it. We'll be right yeah. back. I just, uh, I just, you know, I, I I couldn't believe that uh, you know that was that was his consideration there. But you know, what do you do? Teach his own. I think that's that's the the moral of the story. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, let's uh, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we will. Uh, Get into declaring a winner and uh, more interesting tales of American barley wine after this. BN Army Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus 045623333 and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months to the, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, and I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at 7,000 pounds. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams Malta Extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. 
or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alphas. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore. We will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a pint? Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. Now back to Jamil, tasty and blise. It's brewing with style. All right, we're back, and I'm having a great time. You know... I think people wonder why I would continue to do the shows because I love it. I enjoy. <laughs> I a love lot it. Of fun. Yeah, you sit with your friends. I think you know John. They've got a rejoinder of you going like, "Oh, you, you know, drinking beer, you know, hanging talking out, about beer, hanging out, you know, for two hours." Yeah, it's like <laughs> the end stock it's, options it's, haven't been the, enough the best, for you. The best job in the world. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I love it. I have a good time doing this, and uh, it, all the. I can't think about anything else when I'm doing this. Otherwise, there'd be dead air. I always feel like I'm learning. Right. And so I I just, I really enjoy it. I just have a really good time. I I get relaxed and have fun doing this. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Northern Brewer, for paying for the show. So keep these microphones. I I don't have to pay Jay to do it (laughs) (laughs) on my own. Mm. I probably would. That's something that he should not know about. He doesn't listen to the show, so he'll never know no, that. He'll so never we know. all keep it quiet here. Our secrets are good here. Really good. What all right. 
<laughs> All right, speaking of secrets, um, let's go this way. Uh, uh, Scott, your first place beer here? The Sierra Nevada, the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot. Yeah. And it, why? Uh, well, so it was before when they were cold, and it still is now. Mm-hmm. It offers uh, like a character that uh, none of the other ones do. And I don't know if that's what's skewing my decision, just because it's unique, and so mm-hmm. therefore I'm picking it as my favorite. But it has like a uh, the uh, more hoppiness, I guess, than, than all the other mm-hmm. ones do. It's kind of um, high Sierra pine, as it were, and it's real complimentary, and none of the other ones have it. There you go. There you go. I think that... I mean, it's uh, the style. The beer's right there. It's on the lower end of style, right? A little too bitter, maybe? Mm. It's the lowest ABV. I wonder how much that has to do with it, too. Yeah, it's not that much. I think, you know, I, I think there's something to be said. I think there's something to be said. Uh, you know, in the in the German Pilsner show, you were picking out a beer initially because it was different. It had a difference, and you weren't sure what the difference was. But then, you know, as you kind of went through it, uh, I think what you're saying now is cold, warm, this is the best one. And, you know, you're picking out things that I think are, are you know, very important to the style. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a, good, a good way to look at it. If, if, if your favorite beer cold is your, still your favorite beer warm, that's a good beer. I think, you know, that, that really says something. Now, John, what's your, what's your favorite? I'm going with Rogue all the way. Rogue? I mean, okay. it's the first thing. I mean, I drank it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really appreciate the well-aged character to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does. I mean, everything is in balance, the malt, the hops, but the, the age character, that slight oxidation, you get this type of aroma from it. I just, I just think it's a very well-made beer. And I mean, the Rogue, <laughs> it's so good. And I, I I love a lot of the things about it too, but I think it could still age. I think you could right. put another five years on that and not be off. It's holding up well. I think I think some of those alcohols will convert to to more of a fruity nature, maybe if yeah. if we're lucky, and you get us something fantastic there. And tasty, what was your favorite? Well, you know, initially when I you know, smelled all four of them, I uh, fell in love with the uh, Bigfoot because mm-hmm. it, it had a great big. Uh, Really, really big, you know, citrusy, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. almost even fruity nose, and uh, but uh, the the beer with the to me the most character, uh, barley wine character is the uh, is the rogue. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bigfoot just needs more time, and if you, if you ta- I taste the Bigfoot, even though it's the smallest ABV, it has the, the most uh, forward alcohol uh, mm-hmm. flavor. Well, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot is number one on the BJCP list. Okay. Uh, Rogue is number four. Oh, well, there you go. And Stone is number seven or eight. Hmm. Yeah, I think the the Rogue would uh, move ahead in this particular situation. Yeah. But uh, give me this uh, Bigfoot in about two years or a year. I think it the alcohols could could drop out a little bit. To me, it's real the bitterness real might come boozy. down too. Now, see, I'm, I'm getting hop aroma. Sorry, I'm I'm getting. Uh, initially, I was very pleased with. I started with aroma on all of them, and you know, just going through the aroma characteristics of each, and and the Bigfoot was uh, hoppier. You know, kind of you know, like a bag of hops, and and uh, the Rogue had that great malt character, and it was it was like a 
you know, a well-aged barley wine without, you know, that aged without flaw. You know, it was it was beautiful. And, you know, I was really enamored of it from that. Flavor-wise, though, I'm leaning more towards the Bigfoot. You know, the, the, the Rogue still has, you know, it's a long alcohol and hop finish to it. And the alcohol's a little harsh. The hops, you know, really long. <sighs> really good beer. But I think, you know, it could age some more. The Bigfoot, because you, you got to go with what you're drinking now. I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing. The Bigfoot, I think, the alcohol isn't isn't too hot. And, um, you know, it, it drops off much sooner. But I, I think, uh, you know, even as bold as it is, it's it's got some balance to it. So I, I think I got I got to lean to the uh, lean to the uh, lean to the Bigfoot. I think go. Scott's reached his five eights. I feel like doing a victory <laughs> dance. <laughs> Spike a glass on the ground. Well, who says he's a right? Plastic cup. <sighs> John and I, I right. do. I do. <laughs> See, you guys. No, no. There's, there's this. There's. It, You've it, both been lowered to less than star. What you got to realize is, we got this thing around around the brewery where the brewery. It's like this who, isn't, we're not at the brewery. Whoever whoever agrees with me is automatically correct, and whoever disagrees oh, with me, like, it's like voting. Unemployed is, is is incorrect. <laughs> so it would be like Chris and Warren and myself would we'll be discussing something, and then Warren will say, "Well, yeah, you know, with your middle, you know, this and that." And it's so, like well, you're right. Automatically, Warren and I are correct. That's right. And then, you know, we'll be discussing something else some other time. And Chris will go, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he'll agree with me. And I'm like, Warren, you're wrong. Chris and I are correct. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the way it works around here, too. Sort of a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a pattern. You know, they don't call it the Jamel well, show for nothing. Unless you guys can get a piece of paper once a week signed with your name on it. And I'll... in this case, I, I would have to say that the Scott is uh, Scott's so correct. better palette here. Yes. I, think, I, think, uh, I think he's, he's nice strong, right. Scott. No, I'll take uh, it. <laughs> And uh, honestly, I think I was, you know, up until this last few moments and listening to Scott, I, I was like, you know, I did the, the Rogue and then I, you know, a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, wow. No, you know, and, you know, it's about what you're drinking now. And I feel like the Rogue will be better in time. I think the, the Bigfoot is better right now. It's too young. <sighs> They're all too young. All too young, except maybe, you know, the Stone. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the vintage is on that, but it certainly shows age. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it shows life. And they're all they're all good beers. It's just, um, I think you can't go wrong, Bigfoot or the, or the Rogue. But you know, if you were to ask me to drink a pint of one or the other, I'd go Bigfoot. I'd go Bigfoot. So there you, there you go. go. So we're split. But Scott and I are right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, awesome. So let's do this. Let's. Uh, we got a lot of people in the chat. That have been patiently waiting a couple hours to ask questions. But uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll try and do as many questions as we can right after this. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew 
homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Ah, Tan, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer lull. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! In a world where everything has been to the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. <sighs> I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic oh, existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. 
John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, a flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Chicken Boy. This is Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, American barley wine. And uh, if you've got a beer for an upcoming show, our our next uh, two shows coming up, the next show after this is American Brown Ale. And the one after that is going to be Belgian Blonde. If you've got a great example that you've homebrewed, that you want to get us uh, tasting it and giving you critical notes on, uh, our fine crew here, then uh, send an email to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com and let them know you got the beer, you want to send it in, and uh, who knows, if you were like the number one beer, if we choose yours as the top beer, you win that jet ski. <laughs> I, I, the the current one's gone. Came back, I but thought. I, but I think. Well, I think yeah. Justin's going to get another one. Yeah, I, you know, you must, uh, I think the Northern Brewers pay, must be paying enough for the show that uh, <laughs> he can supply a jet ski per show. Uh, I'm Next pretty year. sure that that he's giving away jet ski. I, uh, he hasn't told me that, but I'm just guessing. Uh, it's a jet ski. That's that. He said there would be winners. So get ready for about eighty-five Janet's Brown submissions for the American. Yeah, there, Brown show. there you go. Can I All send right. some Janet's? Well, That'd be awesome. You got to get going now because the show is going to be uh, about a month from today. So the first, right, right, right. First so Tuesday of we April. Are, we are going to do the show the first Tuesday of April. So we got to have them in so hand. You got to have them in hand, like you know, the week before that. So right now, uh, we did, we're going to only accept one entry. So you got to go through uh, Scott to be to find out if you're the one. We'll accept a few. All right, all right. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You get like thirty entries. <laughs> I was going to bring, you know, bring, <laughs> gotta give us a story. I was going to bring Vinny's beer in just to, you know, mix things uh, up. You know, we 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 really have to be critical of uh, the it's quality commercial. of the beers that 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 come through. I don't know. Uh, it's out of style. It's not. It's it's, it's in the specialty <laughs> beer category. No, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, I would I would bring it in. I would like to state for the record that I'm accepting infinity submissions. Infinity? <laughs> no, no right. limit. No limit. Oh, yeah, I mean, wait a minute. You're, well, you're just feeding I mean, uh, right. Scott's it's, free beer habit. Yeah, it's not that we'll... We'll, we'll never see all. him. Yeah, Scott Scott will give you his own critical notes. Yeah, that's correct. And as you can see, he's up to five eights. so... 
Uh, yeah, he's an up and comer. Up and comer. Five eights. Five eights. Arrows up. We'll see. We'll see where he falls next next show. But uh, this show, I'm I'm giving him five eights. All right. Uh, questions from the chat. Uh, okay, let's start with uh, hops since we left off uh, with that. Um, should we over hop our beers? After Lab wants to know to begin with, in anticipation of the bitterness aging out, like for barley wine. So, yes. for example, up the IBUs by ten percent. What, what would yeah. you suggest? I would I would slam it if you're doing American style. I'd slam it with as many hops as you can. Uh, bittering drops. You know, I read you know, like initially the first like fifty percent in the first six months or something, and then you know it continues to slowly erode, and you get some oxidation, which tends to sweeten up the you know the caramel and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go heavy as much as you can get in there. I think. Uh, all right. So from hops to sweetness uh, for the grain bill, are there any malts uh, that uh, brewers should use in place of crystal so that it because it, it doesn't become too sweet after aging? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I think the Rogue beer had a nice blend of you know the really full kind of bready biscuity malt and then you know a nice caramel layer there. Uh, there was yeah. still some hop character though. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I fill out. I, I think you know. Pay attention to your base malt. You know, pay attention to what you're doing there. Uh, don't rely all on crystal malt. Don't do a you know domestic two row and then slam it with all sorts of crystal. Look at maybe some Munich. Look at maybe some you know uh, Marisotter based uh, malts. Maybe look at you know something along those lines to kind of fill out that that character as well. Uh, pork slapper wants to know: Are most <laughs> barley wines better when aged? So, just should, should they apply that rule across the board? And if so, how long? I would say at least six months. Bef- yeah. Before you even, I mean, you have so much fallout, so much change going on in that mm-hmm. beer. I mean, even right. the carbonation will take two months to like get perfect. You mm-hmm. know, the pour. But what about you, Tuesday? <laughs> well, no, I think barley wines. Uh, are better like after about six months. At minimum. Mm-hmm. I think that you should make the beer in anticipation of having the hops uh, drop out to a certain extent. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, I think taste it at the beginning. You know, taste I, the way I've always done it is you want to make as big a batch as you can, and that so you can taste like one every month. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe initially you taste one, and then you wait three months or six months, and then you taste it again, and then you know. You wait for changes to start to happen, and then you taste it a little bit more frequently, like once a month, or you know, and and, and you watch the progression. Because sometimes you're always surprised. It's like sometimes it's like, oh, it's really good this way. I thought it wouldn't be, or what's oh, horrible this way. I need to wait a lot longer. Yeah. And so you just you know, or it's getting worse. Let's drink this shit up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> let me let me call the neighbors over. Right. Or well. Hot chicks is what I would call it. <laughs> yeah. It's got to, <laughs> panty dropper would be there's, an understatement. There's Tasty's me- method and my method. That's <laughs> right. I'll tell you. If you want to do the neighbor, great. I'll do the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neighbor Bob. <laughs> neighbor hey, Bob. come on over. Yeah. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Too much barley wine. Right. <laughs> uh, the uh, the ever-reliable Spider Wrangler uh, has a couple questions. One of them Spidey. is... Um, Ryan. When uh, you taste a young barley wine, what sort of characteristics should you look for to predict how it will change with age? Wow. You know, well, I think I think uh, you know cleanliness and um, 
you know, uh, lack of oxidation, you know, up front. Those are two good signs. In the Rogue, I was tasting some alcohols, and I think, you know, when I taste alcohols, I'm hoping that they're going to convert into something else down the road. I mean, it was good, but I, th- I think that, you know, I, rather than tasting alcohol, I want to taste, you know, fruity esters and things like that. I want those things to convert. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at when I, when I taste that or, or the hops are really bright, I'm thinking, oh, over time, these will fall. You know, if the balance is too bitter right now, I'm thinking, oh, that's going to recede and that that malt sweetness is going to come up a little bit. And, and then I'm thinking, oh, that'll be good. You know, if you if you taste a barley wine right out of the gate, and I think you guys would agree with me, if it's sweet on day one, eh, it's not going to get any better. Not it's, at all. You know, it's not going to be. The malt drops out, but not as fast as the hops. So. Yeah. I mean. You could yeah. try fixing that, though, right? I mean, dry hop. Yeah, you can maybe add some, uh, you know, even hop extract or something like that. But again, it's you know, it's a band aid on something that didn't work out in the first place. Rebrew. Yeah. Is there something you can do to? Because you mentioned that barley wine earlier that was years old and still had hop character. How does it not drop out in one beer and it does in forty nine others? Is there an answer to that? I think I think it it had to have been some sort of combination of hops, you know, some sort of combination of hop compounds, pH, yeast, yeast activity, a lot of little little things. The lightning strike, in other words. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure I could do that again. I, I should I should give it another try. It's an anomaly, but uh, you know, I've, I still got the recipe. I should I should look at that combination of hops and see what it might have been. But hops change every year too. Is your recipe in your book? I know. I don't think that is. That one is not. Mm. But it never won. Oh. Or it may have won something minor, but it wasn't like a first place. Gotcha. A great winning beer. Ask. And I, I only ended, well, I only put in the book the, the best, uh, you know, uh, beers uh, that, that could win um, in there. Uh, all right. Uh, we, we have not uh, done our trivia for a free copy of uh, uh, BYO's 30 great, Beer style beer things by yours truly. <laughs> uh, the chat's ready if you want to throw it out there. All right. Trivia question here. Anybody got a great trivia question? Or I'll go with um, in the fine book, Brewing Classic Styles. What's this trivia? There is a. What is the name of the. Baltic Porter recipe. What's the the name of the beer? The Baltic Porter recipe. If private message, uh, Scott here. And I know, I know first this. one, we'll have uh, a, a copy of, uh, and that Baltic Porter recipe is in that uh, compendium of thirty great. That's uh, the full articles out of the magazine. And in yeah. the magazine, I go oh, fifteen hundred words. <laughs> yeah, I go I go <laughs> ramble on. Plus a bunch of re- full blown, recipe you, yeah. you well described recipes. Hmm? Is it a recipe you still brew? Uh well, yeah, some of some of us, you know, we we got an answer yet? Uh, a lot of expletives as people, I, I guess that means they're thinking or race to get their copies yeah. during classic style. Fuck me, I can't run that fast because <laughs> they probably been drinking <laughs> all probably the, the last couple of hours. Uh, Zex Porter. Yep. Ah, oh, there you go. Nice. After Labs, the winner. Good After job. Lab. And, and uh, his book right does he his want desk. the signed? I'm gonna yes. Let's just assume people want make them, it. So. And does he made out to who? 
Um, tell me. He'll let you know. Yeah, after lab. What, what, what would you like? All right. And uh, that's how it's done, right there. there that's you how go. it works. Yeah. And you get this uh, lovely compendium uh, that's $10 at newsstands. Hmm. But you probably find it at your local homebrew shop. Uh, ask them for that. Uh, or check out Brew Your Own Magazine, byo.com. Uh, they have them available through there. And uh, you can even sign up for Brew Your Own Magazine through the Brewing Network site. When you do, you go to brewnetwork.com, sign up for uh, BYO. And when you do, half of your subscription fee goes to the Brewing Network. Keep shows like this on the air. So uh, you, it's, it's a double win. You get more of these shows, and you get a great subscription to BYO Magazine. After Lab's name is Chris. C-H-R-I-S? Yes. If it's K, then just... Spell it correctly. You shouldn't forget him. Right. Tell yeah. him he's retard for spelling his name wrong. All right. And you can okay. assume people want a signed copy. It's, can you imagine? All right. Nah, nah, okay. that's all right. Well, who knows? They may want to sell it on eBay and not having uh, some scribbling in it may be better. Or they $10. Could get, they could get like five bucks. I scribble in it. It's probably like three. It's a good point. So there you yeah. go. All right. All right. Uh, next question from the chat. Uh, Let's do another one from Spider Angler. He said uh, the uh, Avery Hog Heaven he had poured, poured a little while ago had uh, no bottling date on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why don't breweries include that sort of info? Because it, it's so important, and there's such a huge variance between a barley wine and a pills. So right, right. H- how are you supposed to know? Well, you know, <laughs> when you bottle the beer you know putting the date on it isn't as simple as saying oh i'm gonna throw the date on it you have to have a piece of equipment that can stamp it that day when you're bottling it because you can't get the labels printed with that information on it you have to print it on the label right then before you slap it on the bottle that piece of equipment is believe it or not many thousands of dollars for a date yeah (laughs) and in our case i mean we were we have date stamps uh, on there but we ended up with uh, no date stamp for a little while there. It really kind of freaked me out. Um, you know, you got to, I believe, and I believe, you know, putting a bottling date on it, not a best before. That doesn't really tell you anything unless you know what number they're using. So I like just a bottling date. I think that's, you know, no codes, just say yeah. bottle. Yeah, that's, that's what I would want to know. I don't know when yes. it's bottled, and I look at seeing where right. it's at. And if is you're, it in a cold shelf, warm shelf? Right. This store, that store? Right. I can make my own adjustment, depending on the yeah. style. And if, if you're not smart enough to understand what it is, or then, you don't care, then it's no big deal. No, forget the but date. if you do care, and you're and the people who do care tend to be smart enough to or say, oh, this that. is a barley wine. Oh, look, it's, you know, three years old. Right. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Uh, this is a Pilsner. Oh, it's three years old. That's horrible. <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> So you just want to give them the information and let the consumer figure it out, I think. So it can be tough. All right. One more question from the chat? Sure. Uh, Grandpa wants to know Grandpa. how uh, <laughs> if uh, you should uh, bottle or keg a barley wine. What's the best way to store it? Well, if you, if you keg it, you sacrifice the keg for X amount of mm-hmm. months. So, Assuming you have <laughs> unlimited kegs, just what what's the ideal? What's the ideal? So let's say you, you, you both bottle and keg it. Where would you store it? What conditions do you want to store it under? Hmm. Well, cold, of course. I, think I would that say was cellar his, temps, his you know, 55 or below. Well, and the thing is, the colder you store it, the more static it becomes. Now, you're going you're gonna to get drop out of fine particulates, things like that. Proteins, you know, settle out. Uh, you know, head retention and things tend to improve once you get all those fine nucleation bits out of there. We've discovered that in other beers. 
Um, but, you know, chemical reactions, things like that, oxidation, they are going to slow down. And, you know, for every 10 degrees C, uh, it doubles the rate of those reactions. So if you subtract 10 degrees C, it cuts that, that action in half. Um, it depends on what you're trying to do. I think, you know, if you age a beer too fast, let's say you store it at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah, it really doesn't turn out good. I think it's a combination of things. If you store it at, let's say, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, I think you, you miss out on some other actions. You get some actions, you, you don't get the others. I think cellar temperature, you know, let's say, you know, 50, 55, that tends to be pretty good. You're getting some, you know, fairly rapid changes, but you're also exposing yourself to bacterial action. If you go below 40 Fahrenheit, you know, when you get down in the 30s, you really minimize the activity of bacteria and things like that. So, depends. If your beer's clean, I would go, you know, 40-ish. Uh, if it was... Bottled or kegged? Or, no, if it was clean, I would go maybe, you know, you know, in the 40 to 50. If it was, you know, 40 to 55. If it wasn't clean, you know, I'd go, you know, below 40. Yeah. And the numbers don't change whether it's in a bottle or a keg? No. Say advice applies? Unless, you know, once the bottles are carbonated. If you're carbonating in a bottle, you need to store it warm, you know, 70s, mid-70s, let it carbonate up. When it's fully carbonated, then go ahead and store it cool. But you need that carbonation time. Well, what I've seen people do is they'll force age it by, you know, storing it warm, like exceptionally warm. So you could technically take your beer and chill it all. Take a portion of it and, and make and set it warm, and then compare the two and see how it's aging. You could decide whether it's, just, you know, it's getting better as and you know as it's as since it's warm, or it's it's really not doing much at all, or you know, or getting worse. You can make your own decision because your beer is going to vary. All right, another great show. Thank you, yeah, guys. Uh, thank you, thanks to the listeners. And uh, again, if you've got beers you think you want to send in, uh, email Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Get your beers on this show. Uh, commercial brewers, too. If you got something you think uh Yeah, we'd love to well, have some uh, from the other coast. We'd yeah. love to have some uh, some beers sent in. Yeah. All right. And uh, until then, make sure you check out thebrewingnetwork.com. Check out the store. Check out all the goodies that you can find there. Uh, shats, uh, sh- shirts, hats, uh, glassware, all that good stuff. And you buy that, it supports the show. So, so check it out. Lots of good things there. And until then, I'm Bruce Strong, everybody. Get off. Awesome.